Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry, on this bright and sunny Friday afternoon? It's Friday. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go down the weather. I beat you up on weather all the time. So I'm just glad that everything's A-OK. How's that? We'll just That's, leave it like it's that. It's been a fun week. What a fantastic week. Oh. It's been incredibly busy. So many initiatives. Things I've been working on for uh, literally months have started coming together in this past week. So it's... Uh, it's, it's been fulfilling. It's been a lot of work and I'm glad to be here on a Friday and, uh, Friday is a great time to do a podcast because it lightens things up a little bit. And then we're going to have a blast today. I know you can't wait <laughs> podcast, but for those of you who are new, welcome back, uh, or welcome. If you're new, welcome. If you're well, if you're returning, welcome back. Uh, you've joined a community of people that are genuine, authentic, uh, the real deal, doing the hard work to be true sales professionals. We call it selling from the heart. We're glad you're here. And I know if you didn't get a chance to hear last week's episode with Steve Noodleberg, you've definitely got to uh, check oh. that out. Steve, uh, the author of Confessions of a Serial Salesman. What an <laughs> unbelievable time. We had a blast. Oh, I'm, I, dude, Hey, Daryl, I'm telling you, if anything, Steve is just a ball of just fire. That guy's just nonstop. I, I mean... I thought I woke up at dark 30 in the morning until I met Steve Noodleberg. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. You're lazy all, compared to that dude. Oh, you all have to read his book. It, it is just action packed, nothing but a daily journal that, that anyone in sales can just pick up, implement and run with. But um, we can't wait to have Steve back. Steve's a great guy. So this week we're going to have a lot of fun, but I have, a, I have a feeling it's going to get pretty serious and pretty <laughs> practical, but it's going to start with fun. And, and we could not, do an, another episode of the podcast without circling back to Larry, your blog post from a couple of weeks ago. That is <laughs> every time, every time I open it up, it totally makes me laugh. Uh, it, but it is the points that are made are so poignant. And uh, so I think we're going to have a great discussion today. Well, why don't you set it? What were you thinking when you put this blog post together? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Or should I say rabbi, rabbi, rabbi? And that will there set up this okay, whole so blog, the blog post. post is from uh, February 11th. If, if you follow Larry on LinkedIn, uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't go to linkedin.com slash in slash Larry Levine, 1992, uh, and check out Larry's blog post. So I will share it on the podcast notes. Yeah, we'll share, we'll share it on the, we'll share it on the notes, but, but you know what is, um, you know, forever in a day, man, because of the channel that I came out of right Daryl. I mean, I came out of probably the most traditional laggard, made fun of sales channel there possibly is, which is a copier channel. I could say that, right? Hardcore. You came out of it. Hardcore. I came out of I it. I love it. Right. I, I, it's, it's a great channel to be in. People make fun of it, but, but in all sincerity, it is absolutely a great channel to be in. So for a long time, I was on this roll where I was writing blog posts that I was just beating up copier sales reps and I was actually having a really fun time doing it. 
but it was all for fun. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back into my heritage and obviously having a, having a last name Levine, you know where I'm going with this. I really don't even have to take it any farther than I'm just part of the tribe. So I decided what better way than to go back to what I grew up in, which was Yiddish, right? So all my, all my heritage, all my family's from uh, parts of Russia, which I still don't know. It's my fault. I got to go back and do a better job of educating myself on my family tree. But nevertheless, my, my grandparents were born and raised in New York City, and they grew up speaking Yiddish because that's what their parents spoke. That's so I'm not, gonna go, I'm not gonna go into an education on Yiddish. Y'all can go to Google and educate yourself on Yiddish. So my, my mom had, grow, had grown up, my dad didn't grow up with her that much, but my mom grew up in a household where they spoke Yiddish until she was like in probably kindergarten or first grade or something like that. She was just hit with the Yiddish slang all the time. So, so there's like, some oh, real world application. So there's some real world applications. So I decided, so I decided okay, Daryl, <laughs> what better way than to educate my listeners, right? My followers, my network, people I've worked with, than to roll out a blog post and it's titled Five Yiddish Words That Remind Me of Sales Reps with the classic Yiddish line, oy vey. And Daryl, we all know <laughs> oy vey, right? It, it, and, but, <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting about it is, you know, setting the religious aspect aside, you know, we're not going down that road is it's just amazing, though, how many religious slang terms can be used across business that have been interjected into comedy skits have been interjected into <laughs> movies. And I go, OK, well, why not just find five Yiddish words and let me just start educating the day in the life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the day in the life. I'm reading my own blog post and I'm laughing. I never laughed so hard in my whole life, Daryl, putting together a blog post. It's so, great. you know, I'll, 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 I'll start it off with this and we'll kind of banter back and forth on it. But, you know, our listeners out there and our new listeners, are, you know, enjoy this one because it's not, I mean, we're serious a lot of times. This one's going to be serious, but we're going to have a really good time yeah, with there's it. There's some great points there, off there, each but there's some words. great, there's some, some new words today. So, so we're going to start, we're going to start off the, we're going to start this off with this podcast off with the word called kvetching. K, K is in kite, V-E-T-C-H-I-N-G, kvetching. Okay, so sales, the salespeople out there, Daryl, they do a, they do a lot of, they do a lot of kvetching, right? And sales managers and business owners and their leaders in their organizations will attest to it when they ask for concessions on their comp plan or they ask for price concessions for this. Quit the kvetching. In other words, guys, quit the bitching. Quit the whining. And the quit complaining. the whining. Quit the sniveling. Get over you know what, it, right? You know what, though? I think that and I'm going to be the one bringing this serious angle to all of this. I mean, look, there's always something to complain about. If you oh, my God. find something to complain about, you can find. But you know what? I, I think as sales professionals who, um, I mean, it's so much of what we do is dependent on self-motivation and yeah. complaining is expensive. It is a really expensive habit to have because when you start complaining, you start seeing negative things, you start getting discouraged and frustrated and all of that. And look, I, I understand. I, I think that in any sales team in any environment, it's, it's the real world. I mean, you, if you want something to complain about, you can find something to complain uh. about. The grass yeah. is always greener on the other side of the fence. I had a ch uh, conversation with a friend 
um, this week on LinkedIn and, and <laughs> he was kvetching about his quota. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I was like, dude, you know, I'm sorry, but that's the way the world works. When you yeah. succeed, your quota goes up, especially if you're in a distribution model. And, and so, um, yeah, this complaining thing is really expensive because then you get your eye off the game. Then you're just looking at yourself, your organization, yeah. and not looking at what you need to do to be successful. And uh, so not only is kvetching, am I saying it right? Dude, it, it's awesome for a Canadian that's transplanted down in the South. Dude, right. you have, hey, you've, you've, you've passed the first test. You know how to pronounce it. I'm proud of you, man. Well, this whole complaining thing is really expensive for salespeople. And, and I just got to say, if, if you are somebody that, um, you know, is finding yourself complaining all the time, I think you just have to ask yourself, what is that costing me every year? And is it worth it? Yeah. Because there are things that you can't control. You can, we can all pretend the grass is greener on the other side of the front fence, but that's what I, you know, I told my buddy who is kvetching to me this week, it's not greener. You're going to go somewhere else and guess what they're going to do. You know, you're going to have the same type of issues everywhere else. So let's make the best of it. Let's, you know, let's, yeah. let's stop complaining. Kvetching. What a great kvetching. word. So, so, so we moved on. We, we've already, we've, we've already, we've already ran kvetching into the ground. I think people already get that, but yeah, here, here's a kvetch about us there. Yeah. There's nothing more to kvetch about, but anyway, <laughs> so, that, so let's move on. Let's move on from that. And Oh, the, the first so one I that know I know the next word. So we're going to go on to the next word. Um, <laughs> and the next word is, is near and dear to my heart because all this does is bring back childhood memories, right? <laughs> sit in my grandparents' house, right? And, and so forth. And by the way, my grandparents, I love them, you know, they, they, they've been gone for a while, but they lived on the 18th floor. They, they lived on the 18th floor of this oh, wow. 26 story complex in New York city. It's called co-op city in the Bronx. And they had plastic, right? They had plastic all over their couches. So oh, some of his listeners, awesome. dude is going, I'm going back in time and all that. But I remember one time, that they were in, they were in the process of replacing the plastic on their couches and all that. And I sat down and she goes, Larry, get your tuchus off my couch. <laughs> okay. You're going to get it dirty. Get the tuchus off my couch. And it's just get your lazy butt, right? Get your butt, get that butt off my couch. Get moving. <laughs> get moving, get off. So I said, okay, well, what's, so what's the, how can I relate this to a teaching moment for sales reps? Okay, well, why don't you get your lazy tuchus out off your chair and start prospecting, right? Ah. What all are you waiting for? Part of our job is we got to get up, we got to move, we got to go out there and develop business. Get the tuchus off the <laughs> chair and you get to work. Let's go. Go, 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 go out there. Here's a call to invent something for salespeople. So I have my Apple Watch, right? <laughs> I know you're still using the one you wind. Uh, uh, dude, I don't wear I don't wear a watch, dude. My my <laughs> my watch is built into my iPhone, by the way. Yeah, for those of you who are new, I'm uh, you know I'm reading on Kindle. Larry has a candle reading on paper. I mean, we're we're just it it's is, good it though perspective. But but my watch tells me to stand up every hour, right? If I don't stand up, my my wrist buzzes and it says, get off your tuchus, right? And stand up. Well, we need something like that to prospect. You know, if it's got if we've gone more than an hour without a prospecting call or reaching out, or it, you know, I mean, have we gone a day? Have we gone uh, two days? Have we gone a week? Oh prospecting. Dude, you know, these are these are the things that if you want to be healthy. 
um, in life, you got to go to the gym, right? Now you pick up Noodleberg's book. You're going to see lots of great advice there for taking care of yourself, even as a sales rep. Uh, but if you want to be, if you want to have a healthy pipeline, guess what? You got to do the reps and the reps are prospecting, whatever yeah. that is. And there's so many different ways to prospect. Now we'll talk, we've talked about a bunch of those and we'll continue to, and in, in future podcasts, but you know, this is something we almost you know need a watch app that just says prospect. It's time to prospect because we can get so distracted with other things and miss the most important thing. Oh, I, know. I, I know, but be, funnel healthy. Yeah, it's interesting because this will kind of lead. This will kind of lead. I'm skipping around a little bit because I think then this next word ties into what we're just talking about. So, guys, listen. If you don't get off your tuchus and start prospecting. And developing your business, you're going to wind up with bupkis at the end of the month. What in the world is that? Bupkis. Okay, bupkis is nothing, right? Zero, <laughs> zilch, nothing. And as I put, and I, as I put in my blog post, it's and then you're going to be convincing that you didn't sell anything, right? But you want you're not going to be left with a matzo ball at the end of the month, right? You're not going to be able to buy matzo ball soup with this one. But guys, you know, on, on a serious note is if you aren't prospecting, if you aren't getting off your butt and going out in the field to prospect, yeah, right. At the end of the month, face the grim reaper and the grim reaper is basically (laughs) you. And unfortunately it's not your manager's fault. It's not your company's fault. If you don't sell anything, it's you. So if you fail to get off your tuchus and go do something, you're going to be left with bupkis at the end of the month. Yeah, but here's the problem, and 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 this is the real mental challenge for all of this is the time we need to be prospecting the most is when we're having a killer month, and and in the mindset, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of this, right? You're having a killer month, and you just you can make all kinds of excuses not to not to prospect. I'm busy. I just had a great month. I don't, you know, I can I can ease off on the throttle a little bit. But, but the time to prospect is when you're crushing it because guess what? If you just crushed it, you just took a big dent out of your funnel. We got to fill that back up again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it all starts with, with building relationships. And, and we talk a lot at the selling from the heart podcast about you want a good sales funnel. You better have a good relationship funnel. So I don't care if you are the, you know, you just are in the middle of your best quarter, best month, best year of your life, whatever it is. This is the time to get off your tookies. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as. Uh, as dude, 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 it's all good. It, it's all good because <laughs> I I just love hearing Gentiles, which we all know what Gentiles are, non-Jewish people trying to pronounce Yiddish words. It's awesome, it's great. Uh, but you, you're going to be frustrated. So this is great, Larry. This it's, you know it's the simple practical, powerful things that we don't it, it, prospect it so, going to be in trouble. Yeah. So, th- so this, this one, this one's, this one's even got more comedy behind it than anything. Right. <laughs> so we, we talked about a couple of them, but you know what, what's really interesting and, and it's really concerning to me. It's concerning to managers out there. It's, cons- it, it's, you know, it, it, it weighs on my heart is sales reps struggle with articulating a value proposition. It, mm-hmm. it It's just, Boy, it is just, you know, I'm in and out of sales teams all over the place. I talk to them on the phone. I'm there face to face and just asking these people, hey, you know what? Can you recite your value proposition? First of all, they look at me like, what? what? what's going on? 
So how can I tie this all into Yiddish? This is a great one. I love taking tenured sales reps, right? Major account sales reps, sales reps that think they're just knocking it out of the park. And I'll go face to face with them right in front of their sales team. And I'll say, hey, Daryl, right? Let's just pretend that I'm the top account you're trying to get into. And for some reason, after five years of me pitching you a no-hitter, I decide to welcome you in my office. And so, Daryl, you're going to walk into my office. You're going to shake my hand. And then I'm going to ask you, so, Daryl, in 10 seconds or less, can you, just, can you share with me real quick the value that you can bring to my organization? And you want to know something? I cannot wait to see the spilkus all over your face <laughs> because I know what's going to happen. You're going to take this big gulp and you're not going to know what to say because you got nerves that have set in because you don't understand the value you bring to my organization. So, guys, spilkus is nerves. So think about that one as you're articulating and crafting that value proposition that you don't know very well, that don't be, you know, be prepared for what happens. And what happens is you're going to be set with spilkus and it's going to come out all over the place. This one, we've talked about this at length and I know it's going to continue to be a topic because understanding your value proposition is so important. And I'll, I'll say today, understanding your value proposition from the perspective of the buyer yep. is, is critical. And, and we've got to, and, and it, it's so, I was just writing about this. Uh, actually I was, who was I talking to about this? Um, I guess it, it was in a, a LinkedIn post this week, just saying, you know, I interview, I do a lot of case studies. I was just doing one this week, interview the sales rep, ask the rep why they bought the rep tells me one thing. I asked the customer, the client, why they bought, yeah. and they tell me five different things. And the sales rep, and this happens over and over again, the sales rep doesn't truly understand why the buyer bought, which means the sales rep doesn't understand their value proposition. And I would submit to you um, that the list of stuff the buyers tell me about why they bought is way more, brings way more value than the sales rep realizes. So yeah. sales pros, we're leaving money on the table all the time when we don't understand our value proposition from the perspective of the client. And I go so far as to say even that um, a lot of sales reps, you know, why did they buy? Well, I'm saving the money over what they're currently doing. But when I listen to the prospect tell me about why they bought, I go, wow, they got so much value. They would have paid the exact same amount as they're currently paying. And in many cases, even paid more. And I I look at this and go, how many billions of dollars of commission are we leaving on the table yep. Yep. when we don't understand our value proposition from the, through the eyes of our, yeah. our, our buyers. And so we need to know that um, we need to be able to articulate it because we don't want to walk into an appointment and have focus all <laughs> over the place. Nerves. Oh, that, that's a good name. Hey, we got time for one more, right, Daryl? Right, yeah. One more. Let's do one. Okay. More. So one more, this, this one's going to tie in a couple different things. You ready? Yes. Okay. So, you know, obviously we, we live in a world where everyone goes to, you know, especially if you live in sales, I I guess we can say this straight across the board. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to Google to find out something about somebody, right? If I just meet, if I just meet you, Daryl, somewhere, I'm just going to, you know, sooner or later, I'm going to throw in the back of my mind when I get to a place, right? I might just go, who, who is this Daryl guy, right? What's he all about? 
So we got to start, you know, as sales reps, we got to, we got to understand that that first impression may not be face to face, right? That mm-hmm. first impression can be what we look like online. Correct. Oh, clearly the data. So, yeah. So, so that, so let's just peel. So let's just peel with this one back with a Yiddish frame of mind. So here we go. So a lot of times as sales reps, right? Sales guys, sales ladies, sales managers, leaders, CEOs, all that. We pay so much attention to what we wear when we come in the office, right? We all have the dress attire of seasoned professionals. But if I, but, but if I look at most sales reps, profiles online. If I look at most sales leaders profiles online, guys, in the context of my grandfather, who used to be a clothing salesman, you're wearing nothing but schmatas <laughs> clothes online. You haven't bothered to pay attention to how you're dressing online. So you come to work wearing fancy suits, fancy dresses, but you know what? If I go Google search you, if I go to your LinkedIn profile, you got a bunch of ragged clothes you're wearing. You're a schmata. You're wearing schmatas. <laughs> we don't want schmata. And we're talking about more than the picture on your LinkedIn profile. Exactly. Obviously, your LinkedIn profile picture should uh, be professional. You don't, doesn't need to be you and your spouse. It's a picture of you and a business, you know, be professional, but, but it's so much more than the picture, right? It's the message, the the obvious effort or lack thereof that's gone into creating and crafting your online uh, position, whether you look credible, whether you look like, uh, whether there's any references on there, whether there's helpful information, uh, this is, I mean, the numbers are scary right now. And in the marketing side of the world, we're, we're, we're looking at data that tells us over 90% of buyers begin their journey online. We're seeing research that's now getting kind of old. We need to find some new research from Credible.com in 2014, I believe, that said that 55%, over half of the B2B buyers uh, that you're calling on, if you're in the B2B space, admitted to vetting salespeople out of a deal based on what they did or did not find online about them. So these days, no one has time to waste time. Um, and I, w- I was actually having a really interesting conversation earlier this week. You were a part of it as well, um, where, you know, we were, we were bantering around the reality that we used to get four or five meetings with a buyer, like back yeah. in the good old days, right? Yeah. Now we get one, maybe two. And if we've not set ourselves up well going into that meeting, and if we've not provided value going into that meeting, which means, you know, if we've not positioned ourselves correctly and added value and shown ourselves to be credible on our LinkedIn profile um, and any other places we're out, we're online, we're, we're, you know, we may not get four or five meetings, but we actually get as much or more opportunity to influence the buyer than we ever have. It just happens. So happens that a lot of it's online and a lot of you are, you know, haven't paid attention and you're poorly dressed online. You're schmata. <laughs> is that right? Did I yeah, mess that but, up? <laughs> but, but you know, but you know what's interesting about this as we as we bring this this hilarious kind of podcast. I had I've had almost as fun with this podcast as I did writing this blog. But but in all but in all seriousness, you know, when we talk about your online appearance as a sales, I mean, I've walked the day in the life of a salesperson. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I live, eat, and breathe, and I love my own dog food because it tastes really good. But mm-hmm. I learned as a sales rep the power behind your online presence. 
And I knew that just as much as I paid attention to what I wore face to face, I made sure it looked exactly like that online. And the simple reason is I want people going back. I want people going back all the time, Daryl, to see how I'm dressed. I can walk in, I can walk into a room and wear the nicest suit, the best looking tie, the shiniest shoes and leave the room. And that's it, right? It's gone. It's out of their memory Mm -hmm. because I can't wear that every day. Yeah. But if I pay attention to how I dress online and get people on my profile, dude, it's 24 seven, 365. Yeah. They can see what I'm dressed like all day long, seven days a week. Well, this has been a great discussion today. I've learned some new words. I bet a lot of you have expanded your vocabulary as well. We've had a lot of fun, but we've, we've made some serious points as well. And that is, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to prospect, you got to do the hard work. Otherwise you're going to get to into the month. Um, you're going to start a new month. Your funnel's going to be empty. You're going to have butt kiss, right? Larry, it's going to be, <laughs> you got to be able to articulate your value proposition. I feel like this is vocabulary lesson uh, day, but you don't want spilkes when you're talking to that executive and, and we've got to get dressed well online. So Wow. I, there are all kinds of action items you could take out of this. Uh, you know, the biggest thing I want to challenge you with though, as we end today is, uh, you know, a serious gut level question. You may get this question from time to time from your sales manager, but as sales professionals, we're the ones that need to be asking this question ourselves is, are we hitting our prospecting goals? And if not, what are you going to do to change that right now? Like literally to get off this podcast and what action can you take immediately to fix that problem. Because if you're not prospecting, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You're going to have, um, you're going to have some, some issues at the end of the month. You're going to be kvetching about your job. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're going to, you're going to get frustrated. And it's, it's, it's the reality. If you want a healthy pipeline, you've got to have a healthy relationship funnel. If you want to have a healthy relationship funnel, you better reach out and touch someone you better, you better uh, get out and do some prospecting, digital prospecting, face-to-face prospecting, networking, asking for referrals. I mean, there's so many options yeah. now, uh, but the bottom line is we've got to fill that relationship funnel and we've got to be driving conversations. So I'm going to challenge you to do that. If, if you're, if, you know, how are you doing on a scale of one to 10 with your prospecting goals? We're, we're now in February. So we're about six weeks into the year. It's if you're, if you're behind the eight ball, this is a good time to catch up and make a correction. But as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, you, once again, we're, we're honored to be a part of this growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, being honest, doing the hard work, and most of all, selling from the heart.